it is exceptionally uh, busy at the moment, particularly with respiratory illnesses. There's an awful lot of viruses circulating in the community at the moment. Mm. Um, and what I'm seeing is that most people are actually catching it. Very few people are escaping it at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Even my little one, I've had her on uh, a cough bottle for two weeks now and it still doesn't seem to be really making much of a difference. Actually, can I ask you about that? Is it worth going to a GP when a child has had a cough for a prolonged period or do you have to just keep going with the the -the over-the-counter cough bottles? With regards to cough, cough are one of the last part of any kind of respiratory illness that Mm. actually will resolve. Now, it's different if the cough is getting worse and the child is getting sicker that's definitely warranted to go see the GP. Mm. But it can take a kind of acute viral illnesses. Those types of costs can take anywhere between four to six weeks to fully resolve. So it's not uncommon. Um, And I would say once you're on the trajectory of recovery, then it's reasonable to manage it at home. And there probably is not much benefit in going to see the GP unless you're feeling like things have progressed. Okay, good to know, good to know, because I think we're two weeks in now and she's well, she's feeling okay, but it's just this, the barking cough. I've heard a lot of it going into the schoolyards. All the kids seem to be barking at the moment. But uh, there's something I do want to talk to you about today, and that is the measles. Now, Mm -hmm. I would have thought that measles were a thing of the past, but apparently not. There were something in the past because we have a vaccine that It's very effective in preventing the measles, but sadly, over the last number of years, the uptake of that vaccine has declined. And that is why we're seeing a resurgence of measles in the community in Ireland and also in Europe and the rest of the world. So there's unprecedented high levels of it that wouldn't typically be here. And it's highly infectious, isn't it? It's a virus and most viruses are very, very infectious. So it's very contagious. Um, and usually is spread easily through droplets. And that would be from someone who's infected who coughs or sneezes. So it's very, very contagious. And that's why it spreads so easily mm-hmm. in the community when it is here uh, okay. amongst those who aren't immunised against it. So what would be the symptoms then of uh, the measles? The measles would start off kind of very similar to any cold-like symptoms. So Usually after you get infected, the first kind of symptoms might be things like a fever, a cough, runny nose. People might get red eyes. Um, And then quite synonymous then with measles in particular is that a few days into that, they develop this very distinct red rash. Um, And the rash usually starts kind of on the head and ears initially and sort of spreads downwards over the, the face and the neck and the body. The other thing to watch out for at measles is that they can develop these kind of whitey grey spots inside the mucous membranes. So always look inside the, the mouth as well. The illness overall can last anywhere between seven to ten days. Because you always think, I think a lot of parents, the minute you see a rash, you, you think meningitis. But is it a different type of rash? It is different, to be fair. Like the rash itself is usually a kind of what we call a maculopapular rash. So it's a rash that's raised and flat and it's often a reddy brown colour. And when it starts off, it kind of develops into this sort of rash that almost meshes together into this confluent rash. That rash is blanchable as well. So when you press on it, you know, underneath it'll turn white. So it's different to a meningitis, bacterial meningitis type rash. And it is something that, you know, if you look online, you can look up and see very clear, distinct differences between them. But I will say, 
rashes in general are very, very difficult to use as a form of diagnosis because right. um, many rashes look the same as each other. And I think really if you're sick and you've got a rash, it's probably best to have a review with your GP. OK, now the vaccination that you mentioned there, that there's been less of an uptake on it. This is the one and I'm sure a lot of parents will remember getting this done. So you get it done initially um, before the child is 12 months. Am I right? And then again yeah. in school when they're maybe junior infants, that kind of age group. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, the initial dose is given at 12 months and then they get another vaccine kind of around the age of four or five. And that's normally done in the school system. I think that's probably one of the reasons as well that there has been a decline in the vaccine uptake because through COVID-19, a lot of those school vaccination regimens were disrupted. And so there's a bit of a fallout from that. And there's a bit of a, a need for mop-up clinics to kind of catch up with those who actually missed it. Yeah. So if your child did miss it, you can get it at a later stage, can you? If you change your mind, Absolutely. maybe even about getting it. Yeah. I mean, for anybody that isn't vaccinated and wants to get vaccinated, yeah, you just go and attend your, your GP and, mm. and request the vaccination. Like anybody who, who takes the vaccination, you can see antibodies develop in their blood within days of taking the vaccine. So um, usually around two weeks after taking the vaccine, you will actually develop immunity. So it's really worth it. It's a very effective vaccine. Okay. And, uh, and, that, and that's why it works so well for so yeah. many years. So adults as well can get it if they haven't had it before. I think, you know, if anybody is shown to have no immunisation against the measles or never took the vaccine, it's definitely worth having a conversation Mm -hmm. with your doctor about actually trying to get themselves uh, the vaccination. Yeah, because I'm sure there's people listening today, Sarah Ann, and they've no clue, like their mother may have passed away. They they don't even know what they've been vaccinated against. They don't know what their medical history is. So how Mm. would you, if if you're unsure whether you've had it or not, what would you do? Well, I think the first place to start is maybe if you have a childhood GP that you could contact and ask them to review your notes to see how you received the vaccine. So all of these notes are well documented in GPs. They're not gotten rid of and will always be available if on request you need them. So that would be the first thing that I would suggest. And I think at that point, if there's uncertainty around whether you received the vaccine or not, then you could consider going for a blood test to check your immunity levels against the measles. Okay, and that's simple enough. Just a little blood test. Now, can I just ask you, what are the risks then if somebody does get the measles, a child or an adult? Yeah, like children under the age of one, women who are pregnant or anybody who is immunocompromised are always the category of patients who we worry about with any particular illnesses. But with measles, they are at higher risk of complications. So most people would would get the measles and actually be recovered after 10 days. But complications of the measles is higher in that particular cohort of people. And so things like, you know, going on to develop like respiratory pneumonia, bronchitis, is a possibility in children. They can develop seizures from high temperatures. And in very, very severe cases, they can go on to end up with inflammation on the brain. Now, that's quite rare, but it's still something that, you know, could possibly happen. Sadly, we saw somebody had passed away last week as a result of, of having the measles. And it isn't impossible uh, for people who are higher risk to have more severe outcomes like that. Mm-hmm. And the elderly, it's quite a risky thing for them to have. Yeah, so it depends, again, on your immune status, 
So the elderly, you know, what you will have found with the elderly is that we've been given the vaccine and offering the vaccine for many, many years. But if, for example, they weren't vaccinated, often might have natural immunity because they may have had the measles in their lifetime. Again, though, if they are people who are who don't have immunity against it, but are immunocompromised or unwell, they probably would be at higher risk. of catching it and having more severe disease. My final question, Sarah-Anne, on the measles. At what point would you be recommending that somebody attend a hospital if they're still very unwell with it? I mean, generally speaking, for anybody who's feeling unwell, I would always suggest to people, you know, monitor your children. You know, children can be difficult to identify as being severely ill until they're actually at that last moment. I think if you can't manage their fever, um, with the typical kind of antipyretics that we would use, like calpol and norofin, um, would suggest that perhaps we need to have them reviewed. Sometimes they're not able to eat and they're at risk of dehydration. So monitor for signs of dehydration. And of course, at any point, if the child or the person becomes so unwell that, you know, I think any parent looking at a very sick child, their gut instinct kicks in and they know when their child is really unwell. I think get them reviewed, have them seen, don't take chances, always, always go to bed that night feeling contented that you know that your child is is okay and if you're concerned you know you can always come to the out of hours doctor for a quick assessment to see if it's warranted to go into A&E and if there's any signs that you know the child is declining rapidly I would just go straight to A&E and that's the same for adults as well. Yeah and the Calpol and Nurofen together that's okay to take together is it a couple of hours apart or something like that? So so Calpol and Nurofen can be taken at the same time. What I normally advise my patients would be to give Calpol, um, review the temperature and the fever within say half an hour to an hour of taking that. If the temperature has not dropped below 38 degrees then it's not unreasonable to add in the norofin. And when you're dealing with fevers that are consistently above 38, giving alternate doses of calpol and norofin is advised and you're aiming for a, a temperature to be below 38 and it allows you to give kind of all day management. If you're doing that and it's not being managed, then I would seek more medical advice. So what would a, a normal temperature be? Would a normal temperature be like 36 or 37? So the normal, okay, the, the normal standard temperature temperature is 36.5 but we don't consider you to have a fever until you reach 38. So your temperature can fluctuate within a certain amount uh, or point so many degrees but it's not considered a fever Um, and everybody sometimes starts at a kind of a different baseline of what their normal temperature is but all patients who reach a temperature of 38 are deemed to have a fever. All right, uh, a wealth of knowledge, thankfully, because she is a doctor. <laughs> That's what she does for a living. Uh, Sarah Ann Bennett there from uh, webdoctor.ie, where you can go online and uh, get access. Because I know it's it's very difficult for people to get doctor's appointments. I just keep hearing this all the time. Uh, they're waiting two or three weeks to see their local GP. And it's like, well, what's the use of that? If you're sick, you're sick today. And that's that, isn't it? It's true. And I think on, on webdoctor.ie, it's a really good stopgap for a lot of people who actually are finding it difficult to gain access to their GPs. So mm. I think, you know, we've seen an increase in, in the number of appointment requests as well. Um, it's just very busy across the board. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for giving us your time today. I know you're up to your eyes there. No worries, Tina. Thanks so much. There is Dr. Sarah Ann Bennett from Web Doctor. It's Ireland's Class Kids Radio.